everybody. Welcome to uh, the Stock Talk podcast. I'm Liam from Liam Hartner 4-H. Uh, and today, on our first part of the podcast, we have uh, Mr. Trent Luce joining us here today. Um, I'm so thankful you could join us today. And I, I was supposed to do this earlier, um, but I'll still kind of rope in some Maryland State Fair stuff in, even though that was months ago. But thank you for joining Hey, Liam. Uh, Maryland State Fair was fantastic. That was a great event, great people, and I had a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I'm glad you came up. Uh, that was really enjoyable. I, I was really pleased with how that went. Um, and did, have you have you judged many other places before besides Maryland State Fair? Uh, I, 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 yes, I have. I used to judge quite a bit in a former life. And then I thought I got really busy, Liam, and I didn't do much of it. But I have done a couple of national shows and and a couple state fairs. And I don't know that I've done a county fair recently. But it, oh yeah, I did do a county fair last summer, Pembina County in North Dakota. And and I got to tell you, it doesn't matter what species it is. It's really very little about the animal itself. It's about the interaction, particularly with the kids and the families. And that's what drives me. And that's why I want to be a part of that in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And that kind of brings up my, my first question for you. And, and when you're judging, when you have, when you're out there, and I know you're more oriented towards the breeder style of things in terms of hogs um, in particular, are you taking into account the showman and at all? And I know you're, you're not big on conditioning, on skin and hair condition, and that's not something that you like to take into account. But are those two things, showmanship and condition, anything that you take into account, even a slight bit when you're when you're judging? So skin and hair, the, I'm glad you bring that up because I don't see that as a great attribute for consumption. And when I when I'm aligning up pigs or, or cattle or, or sheep, whatever the species may be. I'm looking at what I think is, quite frankly, going to teach the young person who owns that animal the most about livestock production. Uh, now, skin and hair might make a difference if you're coming down to flipping a coin where you've got a really close placing, because obviously somebody has spent a lot more time with this. But I want to look at the real breeding value and what I see in terms of, of the longevity of this animal in the breeding herd. And, and is it going to be meeting the needs of what it is that consumers looking forward to, for today in, in the meat case? and trying to combine all of those things into a very educational package. So showmanship is important if you're, you know, you're maybe you can't decide which way you want to go. And if somebody's handling an animal a little better in one way, shape or form, that's going to give you an advantage. But if you come in there, uh, you're bringing up something that are really is my pet peeve, which is the cocking of the head. You know, it's not natural, particularly for a pig, to be trying to count bald eagles while you're out there in the middle of the show ring. And I don't know who started this trend and I think it's a horrible trend. The, the goal of showmanship should be about exhibiting this animal to its fullest extent in front of the judge. And more times than not, when young people, young leaders are kicking that head up too high, the pig is not moving in its normal stride. And it's really hard to see how sound that pig really is. So in most cases, you're looking, making your pig look more unsound than it is structurally. 
by not showing it in its natural state. So many times I'll, I'll come up to somebody and say, just relax and let its head down. It'll drop its head and it'll just walk so smoothly and so and show itself 100% in its best attributes. And if you just step back and look at what am I doing in showmanship, I am trying to display this animal in its best possible condition to the person who's evaluating. So every animal is maybe going to be different. There's some that are going to look better with the head a little higher, but all of them are going to look best when they're at their least amount of stress, their natural movement, and they're just gliding across the ring. And I think that's really something we need to get back to the forefront in exhibiting lifestyle. I, I agree with you, and I think that that's something that not a lot of people are, are looking at and taking into account anymore. And I, I think something that we can benefit from bringing back because I see so many people who don't know how to judge when, when even though they're showing cattle or sheep or pigs or whatever they don't know what they're looking at because they've only experienced um, how the condition and um, maybe their parents are buying their animals or they're um, going to some outside source somebody that they know that is good at picking out animals they pick out animals for them and all they got to do is work them and uh, condition them and, and I think that's something that is a bad thing because you don't you don't know what you're doing you don't know whether or not the judge did something you don't know if they made the right decision or not at the end of the day based off of you know the class you were in I, I, me being somebody that is younger and now going into the world and showing where skin and hair is a big priority, it's something that I've now kind of been roped into and, and it's kind of been a pet peeve of mine because in my in my viewpoint, I think that it's something that shows that you took time, uh, more time than just taking your animal out. You kept it clean. You kept it, um, you kept it looking nice. And I think it, it, it kind of goes hand in hand with showering yourself. Um, if your if your hair looks dry and greasy and oily, you're not going to look well uh, kept. But if you if you if you uh, wash your hair and you, you know take a shower, you'll, you'll look nice. And I, I think that goes kind of with hogs you don't got you don't have to don't take it to the extreme that, that some people are but I, I think it's important somewhat especially in showmanship so to do something I, I mean not you don't have to make them look like they're whack but from from a showman's perspective I think it's helpful for me um condition them and make them look nice so that I know that personally that I took the best care of them that I could. Now, whether or not if I was judging, um, I would take that into account or not, I don't know, but I think um, still it, it's something that I definitely uh, think about constantly when I'm when I'm showing. Uh, I just want to add there, Liam, that I don't disagree with you, but I think there are three groups. There are those that are just way too prim and proper because because it's just clear they've spent too much time there uh there are those that have not spent enough time particularly the white pigs when they come in you can tell they've been in a fight it's really hard to use one that just doesn't look like it belongs in the show ring at the same time and see through all of that but in that middle group i think that there's the acceptable range and that to me is where you want to fall is in that middle group because let's face it, there are things that you should be doing with your livestock more important than rinsing them twice a day and brushing them. But with that said, you know, that's something that we do with our cattle because we're, we're growing hair and we're trying to make them look as, as 
prim and proper as possible. Uh, quite frankly, I prefer that we would just slick shear them and show our cattle that way as well. Yeah, I, I can definitely see as a as a judge where you're coming into the, into the viewpoint of that, and it's something that it, it's kind of a controversial subject. And it, it, I think if if we kind of a, if everybody kind of agrees on the happy medium. You're not um, making them look waxed or, or like you've, you've only been spending time on hair, hair, skin and hair condition. Um, but also you've taken into account how good that animal looks by itself and showing that off itself. So I, I think I'll agree with you and that there needs to be a happy medium um, in order for, for everyone to understand what they're doing and have a project that looks right. Um, now, I'll, I'll add to that, I hear some people, particularly some young judges today, that are using terms like swag and hair and things in a pig show ring that just simply don't belong. Uh, as a advisory board member for Team Curebred at the, on the national scene, I make sure, what, to my, the extent that I can, as a board member, that none of those individuals who use terms that are not related to function and performance and consumption, they're not going to be judging one of the team purebred national events because we, this is all about education. And if you're not talking about terms that are educating young people about the importance of taking care of animals and growing them for a consumptive use, you don't have a place in a show ring in my mind. Yeah, they're never used to be, you would never wash your pigs once, or once a week and condition them every day 30 or 40 years ago. It was you fed them, then you took them in and what they mm -hmm. were what they were. And um, in some ways that was good, in some ways... Um, it wasn't because you didn't spend as much time uh, having a bond with your animal, but in ways it was better because you knew what your animal had to look. You, you got the best animal that was the best structure, and all you had to do was feed it in order for you, for you to feel like you, you, could, you could win. Um, and I, I think that it's better and worse in some ways. Well, let me just take that a step farther because there's nothing more important in, in, in livestock whether it be breeding livestock or market livestock than structural correctness because if that animal is not structurally correct and that skeleton laying in there right with its feet and its legs it's going to struggle it's going to develop some level of stress and then once it has a level of stress it's going to lose its overall performance and optimum achieving what it is it needs to achieve and that is take amount of feed and convert that into a consumptive use protein very easily when we're focused on all of these other things other than feet and leg structure and performance and, and how this pig is going to do and maintain that level of low stress to get there, then we're not sending the right message to the kids that are growing livestock for the food business. And that at the end of the day is what we tend to forget is that we're teaching young people to grow livestock to feed people. Exactly. And and that's the entire business. You're, that's what you're doing at the end of the day because you can't have pigs live for 100 years. They're going to go on a plate eventually. Um, and it's it, it's something that, um, it, it's a whole industry. And if you don't know what you're doing, then it's it's tough to, um, it's tough to go into the industry and it's tough to do well um, rather than just going into a, a dog show. You're, you actually have a meat product there that Correct. you can do something with. Um, and moving into kind of the same topic, but talking about um, breeding shows in particular, um, I've seen so many judges not even take into account 
um, uh, the the um, part the, the um, muscle and condition on a on a breeding animal. And I wanted to get your take on that um, because there's so many people that only focus their sole focus is structure and rib cage, how well they can carry. Um, carry um, offspring and their, their structural soundness and I think that moving away from um, their how well they'll do on the rail I think that's something that that is, isn't good because once you move away from how well they'll perform on the rail then you move away from uh, creating your your meat product then you've got animals that are purely fat and you can't do anything with them but create bacon because all the the modern show pigs that I tend to enjoy more are huge ribbed shorter hipped and shorter bodied um, and tend to grow slower um, and they're they're more of a the dog show type of type of animal and they look prettier but when you get mm -hmm. them on the rail the only thing you can really do with them is sausage and bacon because they're pure fat they're just blew up to make them look better but when you go into a breeding show I think it's more than blow I think you kind of have to take into account the the muscle and and how how well they can create not just um, barras for um, consumption but gilts as well you can you can quite easily take a gilt and put it on the cell feeder and and sell it at the end of the day and um, I think moving away from um, that an animals that do that is is something that um, we we tend to do and I'm not saying that we should move away from show pigs either because they're my preferred style I'll pick a show pig over a uh, over a sow any day because it's what I'm used to and it's something that a look that I enjoy but moving away from the production side of things can get to be a bad thing because it's not a dog show. It's You're going to be eating a thing at the end of the day. You're going to be creating animals out of that guild or sow that can um, that are for consumption at the end of the day. So what is your definition of a show pig, Liam? Well, a show pig, in my eyes, is something that is bred solely for the show ring. That is is not even looked at in terms of a um, meat product. It it when when I tend to pick out pigs, it's less and it's becoming less and less of a um, a uh, how well will they perform? Or it's becoming more of a style thing. And how well will they look in these style attributes? So. Will there will they have will they be able to carry enough blow? So how, will you be able to blow them up enough to make them look good? Because mm -hmm. there's there's just there's a style. So f I think a show pig is fitting the style that that everybody's following um, in the show ring. So I don't know exactly what blowing them up means so, because there's there's not a, a carcass evaluation for blowing up. Yeah, but, but along those lines, you open up about twelve cans of worms in there. Uh, the, the purpose for showing livestock is teaching young people what it takes to produce and raise a meat animal. And if we are not evaluating and using show pigs that are the best for the production of the food business, then we are greatly misleading the young people for what's really important and why we're doing this. And we might as well just quit doing it and have a dog show. You know, you mentioned something that's right alongside of the, the hair and the swag and all this other stuff, the short back. 
There is no value in a breeding animal or a market animal of a short-backed pig. Because at the end of the day, and the reason that that started is because it's something that's been a tremendous opportunity is the growth of the jackpot business. So in the jackpot business, you may start jackpotting these pigs in April, and you want them to look in April the same day you want them to look the same way that they, they should look on Labor Day at the Maryland State Fair. That's not how animals develop properly. And when an animal's growing fast, converting feed to pounds of protein rapidly, they have a maturity pattern, and they're going to look pretty green and gangly in that early phase in April and May, and they should look their best that 280 to 290 pound, 300 pound day that do, that before they go to market. And all of those attributes, the show pig should be the same exact thing as a hog that performs well on the rail. Now, one thing that I think I do take to task with you quite a bit is I see as a great challenge is we have people evaluating pig shows today that will use market type too muscular, too tightly wound, no maternal uh, characteristics whatsoever to win both the breeding shows and the market shows. There is a breeding guilt show for a reason because this is we're going to project with our experience what it is that we think this animal is going to be like as a breeding sow over six, seven. To, I, I've had breeding sows. Uh, Loose Queen Bee had 14 parodies here at my place. She lived to be six years old. And I have 41 daughters or granddaughters or great granddaughters out of this sow. And if you were to put her in the show ring, they would have called her everything other than a good show pig. And yet she's the one that continues to generate. In fact, I've got a grandson of her right now called Shoot the Moon in my breeding barn that is generating pigs that accomplish everything all of the above. They look good. They grow extremely fast. And at the end of the day, we look at them from a genomic standpoint. We know that their tenderness is there. We know that they have a high level of pH. So we have all the eating characteristics that we need. Plus, they look like they could win the beauty pageant at the same time because they're correct on their feet and legs. They got big legs, and but yet they're super sound. And so what my point is, and the reason that I even say yes to come and judge an event is that I want to be a part of educating young people that at the end of the day, a show pig should be one that performs well, that eats well, and we can continue to raise generation after generation. Because if you continue to make show pigs that have no reproductive value whatsoever, it's going to be over. Because if you don't have something that you can keep and retain and continue to make the next generation, there will be nothing raised. And so that's the educational aspect that I think is important to maintain in the show ring and every single species. This is not just a pig thing. This is happening in every species where livestock evaluators who have not raised enough animals in commercial conditions to really know what it takes to have that excellent breeding female to make that next generation. I, I definitely agree with you. I think you made some, made some great points that a lot of people can learn from. And, um, now my next thing, and I have a couple of these. I've I've been wanting to wanting to try this out, and it's a segment called Breed One, Ship One, Show One, and I'm going to give you three three animals, and of okay. those animals, you're going to breed one, sell one, and show one. Now, kind of like my own little keep cold class, huh? Yep. Now, first you have a two year old hamp boar that's a gilt maker, and will will give you perfect markings every time, so you'll have showable gilts. Now, then, next, you have a six-month-old York gilt um, up on her pastern, so you kind of eliminate the pastern issue. Great on her hip and breeds more of a jackpot-type jackpot hog that you, could, that you would see at a national show. 
and then you have an eight-month-old spot gilt that's longer-bodied, long-cannoned, and uh, nice-ribbed, and more of a show pig type that you would use for county or state fair. Um, that's more of the slower growing that you could extend all, for the entire year and take to your county or uh, state fair. You, you had to put this as a trick question, didn't you, and put the spot gilt in there. I heard spot yeah. gilt, and I didn't even hear anything about the Hampton York. <laughs> uh, obviously, as you described them, I'm going to have the York on the last that I want anything to do with because the York sounds too quick, too uh, too mature, too fast. The Hamp, I obviously like if he's making pigs that look like Hamps and that are maternal, you know, that that takes some old school kind of hamps to put that combination together but when you talked about a, a spot that's long bodied and long in her cannon bone and right in her maturity from a breeding standpoint that sounds like the way to go so the quick pig is the york the one that uh, interests me the most is clearly the spot because of the description you gave and then the hamp is intriguing because it fits the bill on what the hamp breed is missing as a whole across the board today yeah i, I think a lot of I maternal think I think the hamp would definitely be one for me that I'd sell. I think it being two years old and already having its uh, its mark made and you you knowing what it can produce, I think it could it could bring a lot. That York Guild is is something that is interesting because if you kept it and bred it, it might be something that you could reach a larger audience. So you could maybe go to Illinois. You could have an online sale. Just say you mm. have um, you have a um, sow um, that looks like a sow that you bred and you have piglets of, um, that you took some okay pictures of somebody from Illinois who goes and jackpots all the time, goes and clicks on your sale. It doesn't have, they scroll through, it doesn't have their look. So they click off. Now, if you have a York guilt that had, that breeds those jackpot, jackpot type hogs, I can't talk today. Um, that breeds those jackpot mm -hmm. type hogs that you're looking for at those national shows. I think you could benefit greatly from that. I think I'm going to keep the York guilt um, and show um, the spot guilt because I think that spot guilt being eight, month eight months old, you could really take it anywhere at this point and it do well because of its it's so long. Um, it, it, it's got a nice rib cage. And it, and you, it will... you, you left one attribute out that I need to know, Liam, before you. Which finger is the is the vulva size? on the york the thumb or the little pinky okay i will use i will i'll give you this one i'll use pinky on the york and um uh thumb on the spot now that that that's interesting the, the the pinky york is not big enough you're right you want them you want them big enough so you can you can actually you can actually breed them correct right and so, feral so if we have that attribute, if we add the vulva size in there, then you'd want mm -hmm. to breed the spot guilt and leave the York guilt. The York guilt's just a problem um, for in the in the breeding standpoint from the start because she should be these jackpot pigs are are she she is good on her hip, but when you bring in that vulva size to it, it it gets a little tougher for her to to go in the crate. Now, great question, next, great discussion though. Now, my next one is, um, I don't have ages on these. Now, you have a crossbred gilt that has some growth to her. Uh, it's big frame, quick maturing, and big bone. 
You have a Tamworth gilt that's big topped, wide based, and uh, free moving as anything. And then you have a Duroc gilt that's long and pretty fronted, busted open in a rib cage, and has a really, really nice side angle. So I'm pref uh, my preference is with the Duroc gilt. What am I doing with her? Am I keeping her? Well, that that's for you to decide. You either you breed one of them, you ship one of them, and you show one of them. Hmm. Well, I'm shipping a crossbred. I'm not a crossbred enthusiast in any way, shape, or form. I'm going to breed the Duroc because she sounds like a tremendous brood sow. And then the Tamworth, they're pretty hot right now. And if yeah. it's like you described, you can sell it and pay the feed bill for the other two. I I think that's it, it's a pretty easy one for me. I'm more of a crossbred guy. I keep the crossbred uh, to breed. I definitely show the Tam Gill because there's a lot of Tams right now that aren't big topped and wide based. Um, there's a lot of that's the thing that Tams are missing right now. So I definitely show that one because um, it being so much better than a lot of other things in those two areas. And then the Duroc Guild, I'd, I'd sell. I think she could she could do well on someone else's barn, but the crossbred with her with her growth um, just seems too intriguing for me to uh, to leave out. Just keep in mind, Liam, that each particular breed and a crossbred all have something they are to contribute to the overall pork industry and a Tamworth should not look like a Hampshire or a Yorkshire or a spot. A Tamworth has a particular uh, purpose and reason that it looks like that. And what I don't like, and I think you saw at the Maryland state fair that I evaluated each breed within its contemporaries, instead of saying that the Tamworth should look like this breed over here. And we had some very good Tamworths at the Maryland state oh, fair, yeah. if you happen to remember, but it's because they were, excelled within their own particular breed contemporaries instead of trying to make every breed look alike. That is a mistake. Yeah. I, I, and that's something that everyone's doing now is making every breed look like a crossbred. Uh, cause that's because they, they feel that because judges are picking crossbreds to win every national show. So everybody thinks that they need a crossbred to win. Um, and steering away from the breed characteristics is something that can get us into trouble. And, uh, and kind of shift away from having each individual breed its own. Um, now, my final thing I want to talk to you about is feeding and uh, your philosophy on it because a, a lot of people, including myself, uh, I'm more of a supplement type of person that likes to use supplements in my feeding program to, um, to, to do multiple things. Um, and I think that supplements are something that that enhances that enhances my program from what i've seen from putting them on sow feed our first year into moving them into linder and using supplements i think they've that they've that our feed program has definitely grown um and we've we've done a lot better um in our feed proficiency when were you most profitable in feeding these show pigs liam oh yeah now i I with your sow feed or when with we your $800 a ton feed? When we had our sow feed because it was it mm. was like $20 a bag. We could get it right up the road and it was it was it was easy. Mm. And uh using supplements is definitely definitely a lot more expensive. So, at the end of the day, where are you learning more? By feeding sow feed, selecting the right genetics and then feeding them something that is cost effective? or by taking a pig and then feeding it a higher dollar feed, adding all of the supplements, no matter what it costs, trying to win the ribbon. 
at the end of the day, I learn more. My daughters learn more by feeding the 13 and a half percent sow feed and once in a while spiking it with some uh, 17% nursery feed to get a little more crisp edge and, and shape in that top. Uh, again, I come back to the same premise. We have these, uh, these animals to teach young people what the food business is really like and what it takes to be profitable and sustainable in raising food animals generation after generation. And I think you've hit all the major bug junior livestock projects across the country. And so I, I really appreciate you taking the time to have these discussions and, and open it up to some other, other views to think about what's really important in the big picture going forward. Yeah. Thank you for, uh, for coming on and, 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 uh, bringing new light to the, to the hog business and, and, uh, teaching people what, what you see to be as, um, the hog business and what people should, should, you know, take into account when they're, when they're starting off and, and all this and what they, what they should, should be looking for and what they are actually producing. So I appreciate you, you coming on and, and speaking with me today. Well, Liam, all I'm doing is, uh, I've taken my passion for young people in agriculture, combining that with being 55 years old and caring and providing for daily care in 1 million pigs in my lifetime and trying to share that experience with everybody else so that they can learn what the real business of food production is about. And thank you for going out of your way to put this together and to stimulate uh, some challenging discussions all across the country. Thank oh, yeah. you for the opportunity.